Hello, it's Fern here, popping in quickly before the show because I really want to hear from you. I'm forever grateful to you every single time you press play on an episode of Happy Place. And this show really is for you. So in the interest of doing more stuff that you love and less of the stuff you're not bothered by, I would love it if you took a couple of minutes to fill out a little survey for me. The link will be in the show notes. Your input on the content and the format and the guests and all those types of things is so important to help me and the Happy Place team shape the future of Happy Place. So just click on the link in the show notes to share all your thoughts and musings. I appreciate you loads. Hello and welcome to Happy Place, the show where I, Fern Cotton, insert well-being and mindfulness directly into your lovely little ears. And this week is no exception, as we spend time in the company of transformational breathing guru, Rebecca Dennis. Once you've let go, once you've got through all the sediment and the, you know, the dregs of the emotional stuff and the stories, then it's like, then you can really explore and expand your awareness inside. That can take you on this magical mystery tour of which is inside us. Rebecca, right, listen up, is going to change your life. She did mine. And what's more, she's one of the fantastic people running sessions at the Happy Place Festival this summer. We're coming to London in August and Manchester in September. For full details and to get your tickets, go to happyplacefestival.com now. Honestly, if you get a chance to sit in a room with Rebecca, oh, I mean, game changing. Game changing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, here's the show. I found myself in the back streets of London today, headed to a very calm and peaceful yoga studio to meet Rebecca Dennis, who is a transformational breath coach. What is transformational breathing? I hear you ponder. Well, good question. She will very eloquently explain all. It's quite a new discovery for me too. And we're just going to generally talk about breathing, which might sound a bit bizarre. You know, what is there to discuss? How on earth can we get into bad habits with breathing? And how on earth can you breathe in the wrong way? Well, she's going to talk a lot about that today. I've been lucky enough to work with Rebecca. She helped write a section for my book, Calm, and also I popped in to experience her amazing one-on-one sessions that were just surprising and exhilarating and very relieving as well. So let's go and find Rebecca and have a good old chat and a good old breathe. For people out there who either haven't read your brilliant section that is in my book, Calm, or haven't read your amazing book, The Breathing Tree, can you explain what transformational breath work is? Yes. Where do I begin? What we're teaching is conscious breathing. So conscious, connected breathing. And it's a self-healing technique that helps us to look at clearing restricted breathing patterns and opening up our respiratory system to its full capacity and when we do that then we can let go of physical and emotional tension that we're holding on to so transformational breath to me is like the foundation to all breath works because we're really looking at people's breathing patterns and the way that they're breathing and our breathing pattern is as unique as our thumbprint. And the majority of us are not using our breathing system to its full capacity. So 
we're using probably only about a third of our respiratory system. And the majority of teenagers and adults are not breathing fully. What we're doing with this work is not about learning new tricks. It's about remembering how we breathed when we were babies and when we were toddlers, when we are fully present and we don't have these hang-ups and we don't have inhibitions and we're not worrying about what people think about us. So we're not holding our breath and we're just letting all our emotions hang out and just be. So it's just, in that way, it's like having therapy, but without having to do the talking because we're not going over and over a story. And often it's out of our perception of our story, but really working deep into the subconscious as well. And in that way, we're working on the mental, emotional, physical and spiritual level. I really want to get massively into that in a minute there's so many questions buzzing around my head but first of all I know you've got a really interesting story about how you stumbled upon transformational breath work because for you you'd had your own personal situation going on and it had been something that came into your life at the right time absolutely when I came across this work I was in a really really dark place and I'd been living with depression for 20 years and I've been taking medication for 15 years so that's a a long time yeah I'd tried so many different therapies so I tried yoga and I tried meditation but sometimes I would find that I was so in my head that that was actually like torture and I tried different detoxes and went to therapists and a lot of it was like for example if you go for a massage you feel great afterwards but then it's like a temporary fix sometimes and then you feel the same again the following day and I was finding that a lot of the techniques that I was using to help me were just temporary fixes Uh, so I reached this point where two months before I came across transformational breath where it was a very very dark point and I ended up taking an overdose of alcohol and pills and tried to take my life basically I ended up in hospital and then the following day thank god you know I was I was okay and obviously full of guilt because of what I'd done and because when you're in that place it's very hard to explain uh, depression to people because when you're in that place you're not necessarily in that place the following day yeah so two months later I walked into this workshop I was working at at the time a lot of things in my in my life changed I'd been working in media having a great time working in media but I was finding that I was having a lot of panic attacks as well when I was working in media and and not because I wasn't loving my job but just because my body was sending me all of these signals uh, that something needed to stop because I had already trained in in massage therapy and and then I started working in a in a yoga center helping them with their events so working with special needs kids I walked into this workshop which was transformational breath and I had no idea what to expect Uh, and it was just literally I could feel every single cell in my body I was sweating I was crying it was very physical it was very emotional And I knew that I'd found something incredibly powerful. And it was there, you know, the answer literally right under my nose, my breath. So I just kept going back. You know, the second workshop I went to, I found too hard. I walked out, but then I kept going back, kept going back to the point that really very quickly, I had the most incredible doctor who at the time was very, very supportive of me. And she... uh, gave me her blessing to 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 come off the medication with her support and with the therapist and with the breath work and I haven't taken medication now actually for 10 years so it's really lovely to be doing this with you you know today because it is 10 years ago and now I totally celebrate life and just am so grateful to be here and to be sharing this work because it changed my my life in not in just that way I mean it wasn't always pretty it was quite uncomfortable some of the times when I was going into this breath work because it's not you know you're having to go deep deep down into your darkest demons and and I think that's why we choose to shut those parts of us out because that's not always comfortable um but yeah the more and more I was just stripping away those layers uh, the more I've just been able to just be really comfortable with with who I am. Mm, it's so wonderful that 
you are now 10 years down the line and that, you know, in your book and through doing stuff like this and, and all the work that you do, you can give other people hope that feel like there is none. Because, you know, I've certainly spoken to a lot of people since I wrote Happy who are in currently a very dark place. And I think one question that's omnipresent is, well, can I be okay one day? You know, because you don't feel like you're going to be when you're in a dark place, when you're experiencing anxiety, depression, whatever mental health issue you've got. And I think to know that there are so many avenues you can go down and things that you can try and it's finding that thing that works for you. And I'm so intrigued that that this work for you, as soon as you went to that workshop, it was instant. That's that's quite an exceptional experience to go through that you knew it wasn't just going to be another one of those, well, I'm going to feel all right for a bit. And you'd stumbled across something really impactful for you personally. Yeah. I mean, I think that there were times throughout the year when I was going on that journey where I keep going back, where sometimes I would be right back into rock bottom in the yeah. place where I was. But the difference was that I wasn't taking medication this time. And I knew that I had this tool, which was my breath, that could help me to breathe into that and to breathe through it. And it's, you know, really, I think we're searching a lot for people to fix us. Yes. And to heal us. And we have, you know, our breath is it's amazing. It's, it's connected to all the systems in our body. And we have this healing tool. And... Sadly, on a global level, anxiety, depression and stress is at an all-time high. Mm. Not enough people talk about it. A lot of people are medicated and there's no shame in taking medication. Uh, you know, in some people it's, it's really, really necessary. But I just don't think that there is enough access to this information, probably because it's free, you know, if you can, you can heal yourself. Mm. And also there's quite a lot of shame that comes with anxiety, with yeah. panic attacks, with depression. You know, it takes a lot of energy trying to suppress that and trying to go out into the world and present yourself and trying to hide it mm. as well. And it can be, you know, although we're more connected than ever, like with social media and with the internet and we have all of this knowledge and, you know... There's a lot of people that feel more disconnected Completely. than ever. Completely. And so I think that's fundamentally with, with this work, what we're doing is getting people to just reconnect to themselves, reconnect, you know, trust themselves again, reconnect to their gut feelings and become a friend of our, our minds, which are really beautiful but also can be very fragile and very destructive mm. all at the same time. When you were saying there that during that period where you were learning about this breath work and that you were experiencing it for the first time and it was having a positive effect, you were sometimes thrown back to darker places. But do you think through that breath work, you were aware that it was a process that you needed to go through and actually you were kind of facing up to a lot of fears and feelings and emotions that you were suppressing before and, and this was actually helping to bring it all out to the surface. Yeah, totally. Because what we do is when we start to feel numb or to feel these heavier emotions and generally what we'll do is we'll go to social media or we'll go Ooh, to the internet quick fix or we'll drink alcohol or we'll go shopping or whatever those things are those distractions so that's easier to distract ourselves actually going inward and not doing that it's like I said again it's just it can be quite sticky and quite uncomfortable and we have to see parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily like um, but every time I was going through that, again, it's like with breathing patterns, we just see our patterns that, that what triggers us, what makes us react. And when we're breathing into that, then if we're holding on to like anger or resentment or blame or guilt or shame or whatever that is, then if we're, we're holding on to that, then we can't access that innate joy and that innate feeling of love that is always there deep inside us. But getting there, well, it's proper warrior work, really yeah. getting there and yeah. doing it because you have to do the work and you have to go, 
go inwards and sometimes you might feel a bit you know when we're working with the breath you are detoxing as well so you're detoxing your mind you're detoxing your physical systems so you might feel a bit like you have a hangover or a bit groggy maybe but you know with a headache for for the day after Mm. but you're just constantly clearing clearing and clearing and you know stuff happens every day doesn't it daily challenges happen every day I'm not this perfect being where you know nothing can stop me in my tracks I think we will still react but I can I can respond very differently Mm. now isn't it funny how in society we are now almost sort of trained into thinking that if you are feeling edgy wobbly a bit off center we are instantly reaching outwards we very rarely think oh I need to go in for this moment and work out what's really going on as you say it's you go buy something you go on the internet and it's all of those exterior stimulations that we're kind of reaching for and and that's what I I love about your work and when I first came to you to see you for a session I don't know what I was coming into I had no clue at all obviously you'd written a bit for the book so you'd articulated brilliantly what it was but I think until you've experienced it it's a, it's a very different situation so I came in to see you and at the time I'd been having panic attacks for the first time in my life and I didn't understand what was going on and I definitely noticed the first thing for me to change was my breath and I'd never really been aware of that before a bit doing yoga but really in that moment of sort of heightened panic, it was my breath that instantly kind of I lost control of or it felt like I'd lost control of. So coming to see you, it felt already like a good adventure to start on. And I was massively intrigued. And my own experience, the first time I came in, and I when I wrote about this in my book as well, was mad it was absolutely bonkers I'm sure a lot of people listening now will think well what like what is it what is what are you doing what is this breathing I, you know I can kind of explain what I f- felt during that session and I'd love you to explain what is really going on but I remember laying on this lovely little mattress that's in front of me now and you had some nice music playing and you got me to do this sort of cycle of breath that felt slightly laboured at first. It felt like quite an effort. I thought, oh God, I don't know how long I can keep doing this for. And then I was just sort of into the rhythm of it. And then certainly on my first session, floodgates opened and it was tears, so many tears. And and my body was very tingly and I had sort of pins and needles in my hands and feet. And I could feel certainly almost tension releasing in in certain pockets of my body that I I didn't really know were there and I was seeing a lot of different imagery and and it was a bit like being in a hypnotic state almost it was it felt a bit detached in a way although I was it was very lucid and I was very aware of what was going on so can you explain more eloquently what that breathing cycle is and what the hell happens during that process yeah what we're doing with this work is we're going into the places that we aren't necessarily breathing into so many of us are breathing in our chest so what we're doing is we're looking at our breathing patterns and are we chest breathers or are we belly breathers are we breath holders are we shallow breathers and so on so what we're doing is really looking at the first step is to open up the respiratory system to its full capacity to get past that tension and to get past those blockages and because many of us especially in this society are living in flight or fight Mm. far too often yeah i know i do that like when we're if we're late for work yeah um when we're trying to hit deadlines when the kids are playing up when we're looking at our to-do list and so on or when we're in a traffic jam everybody can feel it differently and everybody has a totally different experience with this work it's always always totally different and some of us are more sensitive than others and some of us are more you know don't necessarily experience anxiety quite as much as others but when we go into flight or fight what happens to our physiology is it can go into chaos or it does go into chaos because it's getting ready for battle that's what flight or fight is we're getting ready to to fight for our lives so when the body starts to prepare for battle the muscles start to tense our muscles start to tense we start to breathe more 
in our chest and are using our intercostal muscles which are the muscles in our ribs and in the shoulders and in the neck and our blood pressure rises so people might start to feel heat or they might to get hot or sweaty our respiratory system starts to speed up we activate the sympathetic nervous system which is our flight or fight button so both that we have the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system ideally what we want to be doing is stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system and we do that by deep diaphragmatic breathing and the brain is constantly sending streams of data down to the body and the body is constantly sending streams of data up to the brain and some of those messages are the wrong messages so when we're getting all these little signals for example when we're having panic attacks and you know like when you've mentioned before and sometimes you can't really name why it's happening but the body is responding in that way and it just totally takes over control then what we're doing with this work is having a little reset and a rewire of all of the systems in our body because our breath correlates with the cardiovascular system correlates with our brain so when we activate the flight or fight system then we send messages up to the amygdala which is our fear center and the prefrontal cortex part of our brain might start to shut down hence we have brain freeze and we forget what we're going to say because that's our communication Mm. Um, so when we're working with breath we're we're working with both of those systems which is why sometimes it can feel like it's quite intense and Mm. it's like oh my god this feels like it's really uncomfortable also as human beings we uh, find it really hard to let go of control I mean that's like one of our hardest things (laughs) so with this work it is all about letting go so when we notice like the brain will be like oh nothing's happening oh this is really hard you know the the mind is like the monkey mind just keeps trying to take us up because the mind thinks it's HQ thinks it's MD so it doesn't really necessarily want us to be going on this trip right now Mm. because it's trying to defend us it's trying to you know there's a reason why we do have these defenses but actually it's just you know our body is a bit like a biological recording of our past and it's holding on to all of these memories like a little filing cabinet of memories and if we can go back and backtrack that and just let the body you know trusting our body trusting our gut which there are millions of neurons which are constant you know that gut you know when you say trust your gut instinct that that saying comes with with backing from science that mm. you know in our gut we hold on to a lot of emotions and there are millions of neurons sending messages to our brain mm. what we're doing is when we're working we're really looking at letting go of control for example which can be very very hard and it's like well if i let go of control then everything might just crumble around me mm. so really really trusting and surrendering so that ultimately when we let go of those heavier emotions those past stories those negative thought patterns physical tension that's when we can connect to that space inside us which ultimately is where we all want to get to which is inner peace Mm. and joy i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today and in this modern world we have basically become again sort of trained to believe that our brains are everything our brain like you say is the md and it's saying to us this is what we're going to do this is my plan this is how things are going to go and we're all generally really underestimating our breathing and how much of an impact that can have i think most of us would hold our hands up and go well i didn't really think that our our breath work could have any impact on anything i'm just breathing to get oxygen into my lungs and and that's that but it is having a direct communication with every cell in our body yeah we we change the way that we feel and we think by changing the way that we breathe Mm, i reckon that is an epiphany that many people out there will yeah the way that we breathe is just indicative to the way that we feel about life and Mm. we breathe twenty thousand times a day 
and without our breath we wouldn't be here but mm. really until you know we only really get trained about proper breathing techniques obviously we get them in, in yoga but you know when we're giving birth yes because that's that that's about how to calm the systems down and how to manage pain and then it's like well then why are we not teaching us in every you know in every circumstance to be conscious of our breath yeah. because when you are conscious of your breath it's very overwhelming sometimes when you look at what is going on in the world and we can't always change everything that's going on in the world but we can change how it is sitting with us inside and how we are reacting to it we can change what's happening inside of us mm, and breath work is, is such a huge part of that when I was laying on this mattress here having that first experience where you were sort of guiding me through the the cycle of breathing and also sort of pointing to different bits of my body where you know you could sense there was tension and you you know you use the language you know breathe into that area and and I could sort of I could do that. I could visualize it and I could feel the breath going into that space. Is that just about sort of visualizing where that breath's going and sort of sending the breath into that space? Some people are more visual. Some people feel more. So again, there's no right or wrong to that. And what we're trying to encourage everybody to do, I wish that they've taught this at schools every day, is to start with the breath breathing using your your deep diaphragmatic breath using your lower abdominal muscles so the lungs obviously we're not bringing the air into our belly but when we breathe deeply so when we're inhaling and when we expand our belly but then we increase our lung capacity we release tension that's in the diaphragm so then there's allowing more oxygen to flow and more oxygen to come in and when we are breathing deeply into our belly, then we start to bring the breath up into the chest and up into the midsection. So really with this work, what we're encouraging people to do is like this breath wave, like an ocean wave. The breath is coming in and out like a wave. And often, so for example, maybe I'll be working with acupressure deepen your lower abdominals and just encouraging you to breathe down there because some people just haven't breathed down there for a very very long time and that's where this work um, is is really powerful because we're combining acupressure and the affirmations and movement and sound so when we're little newborn babies and we are taking those first gulps of air and for a very long time until we're conscious of worry problems concerns you know exterior things going on around us how are we breathing that's the correct way to breathe right what what is that is that all deep belly breath when we're little yeah when you look at a little baby and they're lying down in a cot and they're asleep and you'll notice it with cats and dogs as well they're breathing in their belly and they're breathing in their midsection and the chest and the back and when they're lying down it just looks like the whole body is breathing and there's no little chinks or clinks in the breath mm. and the same with toddlers we're just if you look at toddlers they've got this really beautiful belly breath everything's just hanging out and then at some point maybe we get told to hold our bellies in or that's not quite as attractive so then we start to not breathe so much maybe in the belly um but they are, babies and toddlers are, are breath gurus as far wow. as I'm concerned. And what sort of bad habits do we as teens or young adults or adults get into with our breathing? When people come to see you, what, what are the more prevalent sort of breathing bad habits that you see? There's a whole list. And I think that the primary ones are breath holding. Yeah, I do that. So when we're on our phone or when we're, you know, texting people or on social media or on the computer, we're holding our breath. Mm. So, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to do the transformational breath with this. You just breathe deeply into your belly and just become a lot more conscious about how you're breathing. And mm. then you become a lot more focused and a lot more productive. A lot of people will come because they're getting tension, maybe tightness in their chest when they're breathing. So they're finding it quite laboured or if people are suffering from anxiety or panic attacks and they those people already know what it does to their breath yeah. 
I get so many people coming with so many different issues and it's not necessarily about the way that they're breathing. It might be about the way that they're feeling or they want to improve physical performance or they want to work on something that's on an emotional level. Mm. Uh, so really, um, there's, there's no end to, to breathing patterns. Mm. But yeah, breath holding, shallow breathing. You know, there's a lot of people who, because we're in a yoga studio here and it can really help to expand their yoga practice because they're letting go of the tension so that they can breathe into different parts of their, their, their respiratory system. So say someone comes to you and they know that, or they, they've experienced certain problems and you've identified, or they have, that they do hold their breath, for instance, as a specific. What is that doing to you physically and mentally, if that is the habit that you've got into, that when you're stressed, because I tend to hold mine up here and it's almost like if I breathe, everything's going to crumble. So I'm kind of keeping it up here and it is a sense of control. But when I'm doing that, what is physically and mentally happening and, and what am I sort of stopping by doing that? Well, we're stopping ourselves from being in the moment. Mm. again that so many of us are just we're so busy getting from a to b and d to z that we just forget to be in the moment Mm. and so we're missing all of these magical things around us on a physical level if we're holding our breath then 80 percent of energy comes in via the breath Mm. so um that's going to give us less energy and make us feel more exhausted you know what we're doing when we're breathing and we're consciously breathing and we're breathing fully in our belly and and in our in our chest then um, that's giving us a really good internal massage and when we are holding on to our breath then it's affecting again the nervous system and it's it's sending the these patterns so then we feel physical tension or um, it affects our immune system and it affects uh, the blood pressure as well so and then on the mental level we spend so much time in our heads we're all very very heady when we have these negative thought patterns and when we're comparing ourselves to others or when we have this fear of letting people down or fear of what we're going to say and so on when we're holding on to our breath it's stopping that train of thought and it's stopping if the breath isn't flowing then then we're not flowing Mm, mm. so if you are in a moment of sheer anxiety and I think there'll be loads of people listening to this now that might not have it on an acute level of getting panic attacks but will certainly have things in life confrontation nerves around work parenting relationships in their life if you're in that moment of anxiety is it enough just to literally concentrate on your breathing can that be a game changer yeah totally I mean there's there's many other things that you can do with that it's not just about your breath sometimes it might we might need to make a change in our life and it's normally fear that stops us from doing that Mm. and keeps us very stuck Mm. so you know when we're feeling anxious or we're having panic attacks the body's normally is sending us a message that something isn't right Mm. and so we and we know that when we make that change then maybe we're going to ruffle some feathers and maybe you know it's like stepping into the unknown and so therefore it, it can hold us back but when we're working with the breath and it helps us to to breathe into that anxiety and then to breathe through that anxiety and into those panic attacks as well you know just things like taking a step out and going for a walk and being in nature yeah that just really brings everything back into perspective because when you've got anxiety and when you're having panic attacks everything is so full the head is so full you can't think straight you literally can't think straight no so connecting us to the breath brings us back into our body it grounds us you know this work isn't just about the beautiful visuals the feeling of inner peace and that spiritual connection it's also very very grounding and reconnects us to the earth to the ground and just helps bring everything back into perspective and so that it's less overwhelming Mm. that's really interesting because I think that's what I found very beneficial about it is a lot of my problems especially 
to do with my mind, it is all so trapped in this small section of my body, just up in my head. And as soon as I do that breath work, I am instantly just more aware of my body, which then takes a bit of focus away from all these worries and thoughts and analysis that I'm constantly going through. But say you've got the opposite happening. Say you have someone come to you and they have a, a physical ailment, you know, like you say, tension or they have pain in their body. How does the breath work affect that and how can it improve matters? Yeah, well, everything's all connected, isn't it? So mentally, physically and emotionally, everything is all connected. So we have 50,000 thoughts a day and not all of those thoughts are very useful. And therefore, if we're creating stress in the body and the mind is overthinking, then it can create physical ailments as well so there's an incredible woman called Dr Elizabeth Blackburn who's won a Nobel Peace Prize and her recent research she's a scientist is around chromosomes and telomeres and for those who meditate or practice breath work more frequently they what it's proven is that the telomeres which are the protein which are the cap protein caps on the chromosomes were longer than those who weren't. And wow. those chromosomes are part, you know, it's part of cell division, part of our aging process, part of, you know, battling against disease. So really when we're working with the breath, we are, you know, it's great. Science now is not just about the emotion, emotional part. It's about the physical part as well, mm. how we are really helping all of that process. Mm. You know, when people are coming because they have digestive problems, so they have constipation or IBS, again, that can be because of stress, because it's emotional, mm. because we feel it all in our gut. So when we are coming out of the mind and connecting to this innate intelligence that our body has, then we are talking again to our body and we're talking again to all of the systems. Again, the same with tension. When we're feeling... I used to have terrible shoulders. I had to have a massage every week because the pain was so intense. And now that I practice breath work every day, I no longer have to have a massage every week. Wow. You know, when we're working with people on a physical level with asthma, so that's, again, it's all about breathing patterns. You know, we're working with a lot of people with asthma who no longer use their inhalers. Really? Gosh. That's just really a few examples. It's bizarre how another problem with the modern world is that we've perhaps really lost the association between body and mind. We see them as these two very separate entities that are just running along sort of parallel to each other, but aren't really affecting each other. And, you know, we might feel something physical and go to see a doctor, have something mentally feel awry and off balance and go and see um, perhaps a counsellor or a therapist and actually we're not looking at the bigger picture and how one is affecting the other and that's such a bizarre trait of the modern world yeah I think it's again it's that thing about disconnection isn't it Mm. and the breath is the bridge with our body yes it's the and our mind Mm. and like our body it's our home Mm. so we really have to look after our home and if we don't then it really starts to send us those messages I mean I get people who come with me with panic attacks and anxiety who are very you know they're CEOs and they're hedge funders and they've got their employees and they're very happy and very stable in their lives and they can't understand why they're having panic attacks that might be something that they haven't processed that they haven't processed grief Mm. and they haven't processed emotions in the past because they've just we're just so so busy doing yeah trucking all the time we're just like we've just got to get on with it you know rather than being and it's really representative to what we're doing with our planet you know in the oceans we just chuck rubbish into the oceans and we you know destroy our rainforest and our oxygen and our breath you know the oxygen that we breathe comes from the oceans and it comes from the rainforest so it's very symbolic of the disconnection that we have with our home. Yeah, so true. And when the way that our body is our home and how we we just listen to our head. And we're very good at, at taking, you know, like the planet just keeps giving us, giving us, giving us. And the way that our bodies just keeps giving us and giving us, it's amazing. It's a miracle. It is. The way, you know, it really is a miracle. Yeah. Like just, you know, how all of these systems work. But we have to give our bodies a helping hand if we want to have 
a healthy life. That's always a good leveller for me when I remember that, especially when I was pregnant, my brain that I think is working everything out and, and, you know, propelling me over here and making this stuff happen here. My body your body, everyone's bodies are doing all these brilliant things, digesting food, eliminating toxins, growing new nails and hair. My brain's not thinking about, oh, you must grow a new fingernail now. Or, you know, that's all just happening anyway. And I think, again, bring it back to the physical, we kind of have discarded that somewhat and put less focus on it and it and it is all about the brain and again that's why the breath work is so brilliant in just reminding us of that and the importance of that and I don't think there's many people out there that would go oh yeah I really honor what my body does every day but we all definitely honor what our brains are doing because we're so conscious of if I'm not learning this studying that reading this you know trying to understand this person and that's all very mind-based we put so much importance on that do you think you know like toddlers and babies well, it's how we're conditioned isn't exactly. it really it's just how we're conditioned in life in the way to be there's not really um part of the curriculum in schools about mm. how to be happy in life and the importance of breathing yes and also uh, that's quite a cultural thing. I'm, I'm imagining, and I know that you've travelled a lot with your work, that there's pockets of the planet that are much more aware of that and that haven't got so sucked into the whirlwind that we live in in a very kind of hectic Western society. Yeah, I think that... But more and more that you see that on a global level, it's the anxiety and the depression and stress is rising. Yeah. But I used to spend a lot of time in India and then just seeing the way that that has changed in the way that, you know, Western life and society comes in and it's all about the hotels and getting a bigger car and then getting the clothes and just seeing actually how that society really got, really changed just because we <laughs> go in there and mm. and make our, you know, make our stamp. And, and when I was in Goa, when I was 19, it was just all about living on the fat of the land and, and fishing for your dinner and getting fruit and just swimming and just all the simple things in life. Mm. It is about simplicity, isn't it? Because I think... In my own life and and having experienced depression and, you know, having peaks and troughs still now, if I just always take it back to the simple, that for me is what I know works. It's never going to be something that's overcomplicated, unreachable or a magical cure. It's going to be walking, looking around at nature, talking to great people that I love, eating well, and now breathing that I, you know, now that I've kind of experienced this and I understand it. Um, And we kind of forget about those simple gems and look for the complicated. Yeah, you know, I'm grateful for every single breath that I take every Mm. day. And it's kind of what, you know, what, what are we grateful for? And happiness is is like a state of it's like a state of being isn't it and even in our sadness we can be grateful for that because of the lessons that we that we get from that and how we grow I think that people get very detached from their feelings Mm. and we don't necessarily talk enough about especially with men as well I mean more now I mean it's talking about I mean there, there are some incredible people out there and there are some amazing things that are happening out there and I think people more and more are talking about this and it's fantastic and you can really feel there's this movement and there's a big change that is going on mm-hmm. right now it's a scary time but it's also a really exciting time as well you know the one thing that I loved 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 about my first session was that I could in a very tangible way experience and feel stuff coming up that I know I hadn't dealt with I might have not always been able to pinpoint what that was but there was certainly sadness and anger and and lots of emotions that I could label how does that work because that is one thing that I walked away going how how did that happen like how is that breath cycle bringing that up and bringing that out it's mm, a really good question so when we go to go back to when we're babies and when we're toddlers then we're really present and we have no hang-ups, and we have no inhibitions. And we, if we want to have a tantrum in the middle of the supermarket, then we will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we don't want to go to sleep, then we'll let our mum or dad know. 
And then when we are three to six, then we start to get conditioned by our surroundings, by our parents, by our cultures and um, by our school. And then we have all of these different experiences. So our breath correlates with every emotion, every experience and every feeling. So when we are three to seven, that's when we emotionally develop. And when we start really becoming much more aware of what makes people happy, what gets people attention, what scares us, what scares other people. And then maybe we find that things are a bit uncomfortable or we don't fit in or that didn't feel very nice. So then we shut little parts of us down. And then throughout life, you know, at school, it's not always easy in the playground. And then in our teenage years, you know, all that teenage angst and then our 20s should be the best years of our lives, but we don't necessarily know who we are or where we're going and so on. So all of those experiences and all of those moments, our breath is listening, correlating to all of that. Our breath patterns are changing, you know, the rhythms of our breath breath, breath patterns are, are changing all the time. And we're not necessarily processing it. So we're, we're pushing a lot of it down. We're, you know, we're closing, shutting part, little parts of ourselves down. And so what we're doing with this work is just in that way of actually letting go of the control is we are tracking everything back and then going back to, you know, sometimes it's very clear what's coming up in these breathing sessions. And sometimes we have no idea. So sometimes you might, emotion might come up and you might have no idea why. And actually, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's all release. When we cry, it's, it's all release. When we're yawning, it's a release. And when we're feeling those physical sensations, it's all a release that's happening in the body. That's why it's so good to work with kids, because you can clear stuff really, really quickly. But with us, when those patterns and when those triggers and those little messengers that come up in our lives, they keep coming up in our lives because they're showing us this work that we still need to be yes. need to be working on. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, each session is just always about just stripping away those layers. And there's there's but it's one of those things. Once you start digging, there's always a bit more digging to do. Yeah, because it is very magical. You know, I was really shocked after that first session that just breathing and there was no other alchemy or whatever going on apart from you know you know exactly what you're doing and you were guiding me in the most perfect way but my breath was bringing this stuff up and it was weird and surprising and I hadn't walked in thinking that was going to happen I thought I would just come out going oh I feel really relaxed now but it was like you say there's pockets and it was you know a little key to a door and then that would come up and then something else popping up. Can you talk us through what that breath cycle is? Because I've sort of forgotten as well, but it's an inhale and then a sharp exhale that, that you yeah. kind of get into the cycle of. What we're doing is it's a conscious connected breath. And um, I wouldn't recommend that people do this on their own for too long at yeah, first it's better really to have guidance it's good someone. to have guidance because you don't want to hyperventilate and you want to make sure that you get the technique right I mean so many of us are in a rush to get everything right and sometimes I think it's better to actually just really slow it down which is why in my book I talk about the breathing patterns and really making sure you're breathing in the belly first so what we're doing is we're creating this circular connected breath there's no pause in between the inhale and the exhale. And the emphasis is on the inhale and the exhale. It's not a sharp exit, but it's just a little sigh. We're just, we're just letting go. We're not pushing it out. We're not forcing it out. We're just letting it go. And often, sometimes in the sessions, people will find that that's really hard and they start pushing the exhale out. But what's that showing is that there's fear that we're holding on to mm. or that fear of letting go of control and with time then it's it's we're creating this breath which is the breath within the breath and it just feels like the breath is just doing it itself mm. and you're effortless. no longer it's effortless yeah mm. absolutely mm. and then it's like once you've done that work then we go into a really really deep relaxation where by the end of it hopefully you're just feeling a lot more energized and a lot more lighter and clearer because it's like having a real spring clean of the mind so you've decluttered all of that stuff and all of those thoughts so that um you just feel in this space where you're a lot more alive mm, mm. and can you give us any 
sort of good specific techniques or tricks if you are facing stress or anxiety? What sort of breathing pattern is is really good for that? When people know that there's panic on the horizon or something that they feel nervous around? Yeah, so just keep it really, really simple. And it's always good to connect your feet to the ground and just be aware of the room around you because then that sometimes that can help us to come out of our heads and then when you're inhaling to expand the belly so you're pushing the belly out and then as you're inhaling the belly comes in and just put your hands on your belly so as you're breathing in nice deep inhale and then just let the exhale go and then so really that's just sending that message to the brain and to the body that we're okay mm. and we're in a we're in a relaxed digest state again it goes back to getting out of that fight or flight which we are all too most of us and, too and quick more, to get and into the more that you practice mm. the more you will notice it mm. it's not going to necessarily happen straight away um, but the more that you practice it the more that you will find i mean i used to have terrible anxiety and panic attacks about having to get up in front of people and talk in public or in large groups Mm. just I would either have to have a drink or I'd run away I Mm. wouldn't do it so it just stops us from doing so much stuff or saying so much stuff and now I have to get up and talk all the time in front (laughs) of people but yeah and and I enjoy it and I never thought that I would Mm. and so it's it's just you know it's real proof for me that it that it works And you said earlier, you know, you do practice every day. This is very much part of your routine and how you keep yourself balanced. Do you still have times where you dip into depressions or you feel very low? Hmm. It's a way of life for me now. So I always work with, you know, I make it habitual. So I'll start in the morning and with a little bit of breathing practice. And I'm always conscious about my breathing because I don't stop talking about breathing. So um, it's very much part of my life. And yeah, we all have life challenges, don't we? It doesn't mean that everything's perfect all the time. And, you know, sometimes things might be going on with my health or with relationships or struggles that, you know, to do with work. And in answer, yeah, to your question about the depression, because when I wrote my book originally and I talked about how it helped me to totally clear depression, actually sometimes it might, I do feel it coming back. But I'm a lot more gentle with it now and I just allow it to be there and then breathe into it and maybe I just have a little day where I'm I just have to be inward hmm. and um and I, and I work with the breath and then it helps me to to get through it and there'll, there'll be times when I feel anxious as well and I have anxiety um but again I just work with the breath and it helps me I think like you know one phrase that you use a lot is letting go because that seems to be something we all really struggle with and if you are facing problems in life mental physical whatever letting go and sort of almost surrendering to it can feel near impossible but it is the key to and it's again going back to that fluidity and and linking it with breath and a cycle of breath and I guess the sort of birth and death of a breath and the birth and death of everything you're going through in life if it is an experience you know it will pass at some point and 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 sometimes we can forget that and feel very stuck and again that breathing is such a simple reminder again like the seasons or anything that's got that yeah uh, cyclic you know rhythm to it yeah it's like we all get exhausted by the end of winter and then we wonder why because we all just keep pushing through mm. it's like if we listen more to the natural rhythms of the seasons and work with them mm. and uh, in the same way that if you feel sadness or if we feel anger of course we can't have that tantrum like a two-year-old but it is really important to honor all of those feelings to honor the sadness and if they you know if I'm feeling angry about something then I will take myself off for a breathing session. And as you know, we work with sound as well. And then Mm. we can make some sound and just let it all out. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's just really important that we, uh, what what we're doing is just accessing those, those feelings, all of them, they're all welcome in the room. Mm. It's also a real reminder of the importance of, 
allowing yourself to feel stuff, isn't it? Because like you say, you know, certainly when I was having panic attacks, I did feel embarrassed. I thought, why Why none of my friends, well, how come they can cope with everything? Why am I the one that is so pathetic that I can't drive on the motorway or whatever instance is bringing them on? And I did feel embarrassed. And then as soon as I started talking about them and I sort of, again, let go, um, it was a huge relief. And I think we do it with many emotions. You know, we've labelled them very much positive or negative and sadness and anger and frustration, all are kind of negative emotions. Whereas, as you say, you know, they're great spaces to learn and... And they're all very natural things to go through, but we but we suppress them. And that's perhaps the starting point of another problem because we're pushing them all down. We're suppressing our emotions when we suppress anger and we suppress guilt and shame and so on. Then, you know, we, we give ourselves such a hard time. Our inner voices, it's like the internal dysfunctional family mm. that's constantly telling us we could have done this better and you could have done that better and oh I can't believe you're having a, a panic attack again and oh you've got anxiety and you should be over this by now and it's like pull yourself together all of these things that we we you know we tell ourselves and we know that you know if someone is in pain or or they're upset you just you wouldn't talk to them like so that true. so why do we do that to ourselves mm. we're horrible to ourselves we really we? are i'm yeah. so mean to myself sometimes i i, I have to rem- remind myself that i am my worst critic always about everything in life and and again just sort of let go and not not stress about that as well yeah and stop comparing ourselves to others because oh, uh, you know one, it's yeah. like we measure success externally don't we we're always kind of looking uh, comparing ourselves you know to to other people and and that can be um, a downward spiral, really. Just, you know, just be happy with really who you are. Mm-hmm. I know, I need to do that one. With transformational breath, all of these breaths, mm. we're all reaching higher states of yeah. awareness, higher states of consciousness. Mm. That is the, you know, the premise, the way where you want to go with this work. Once you've let go, once you've got through all the sediment and the, you know, the dregs of the emotional stuff and the stories then it's like then you can really explore and expand your awareness inside Mm. and that can take you on this magical mystery tour of which is you know which is inside us Mm, and not on a smartphone absolutely love that yeah you know, mm. it's like some people like can come out of a session just feeling like they've been on holiday for two weeks. Mm. No, I certainly felt like trippy is one word. And also just, yeah, kind of floating above it all, sort of not as in it as I was when I walked in beforehand. Still like completely connected to it, but in a way where I could reason with things that I was stressed about and I couldn't have done that before. And it was certainly when I was lying down here was a a bizarre state of mind that I had never you know been into before and that was Mm, it's like a it is a it's all about connection again isn't it and spiritual connection and everyone has their own belief systems um but the word spirit spiritus comes from the latin word life and to breathe Mm. so when we're connecting to our breath and we're connecting to spirit those experiences can be very deep and very profound and people access them with colors or with visuals or just innate feelings of peace yeah it's endless Mm. well look that's so wonderful and it's been brilliant talking to you today and thank you and learning more because i'm just so intrigued and interested by what you do so thank you so much rebecca thank you so much for having me Thanks again to the wonderful Rebecca Dennis, who has become just a great friend of mine over the years. Rebecca, you are a blimmin' diamond. And if you want more Rebecca in your life, and quite frankly, who wouldn't, then do come along and see her in the flesh and gain her wisdom and try her practices. You just need to be at the Happy Place Festival on the first weekend of August. We're at Chiswick House. And then on the 7th of September and 8th of September, we're in Tatton Park, Manchester. Get your tickets from happyplacefestival.com. Next week, we'll be tackling parenthood with child psychotherapist Philippa Perry. I'm not going to sabotage your podcast and and uh, smash your equipment up or anything like that, <laughs> which is what I might have done when I was two. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say, oh, this is information for me. This jealousy is telling me that I would like to have a podcast. So maybe I can have a podcast. 
That episode is a must for anyone with young kids or about to become a parent or someone with parents because also you get to really look at your own childhood too. Get it as soon as it drops next Monday when you subscribe. Do it now for free through any of your usual podcast apps. Thanks again to Rebecca, to the producers of this episode, Matt Hill and Lucy Dearlove at Rethink Audio, and to you lot for listening. So appreciate it. Big love. See ya. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details.